0: Welcome to Fading Memories, a podcast with advice, wisdom, and hope from caregivers who have lived the experience and survived to tell the tale. Think of us as your caregiver best friend. As you know, my mom suffered from Alzheimer's and cognitive impairment affected my grandmother and great-grandmother. It seems to run in my family, but I've learned my brain health doesn't have to follow the same fate as those who came before me. I am doing what I can to improve the health of my brain, including eating a better diet and exercising. However, I learned recently that when it comes to nutrition, most of us are still living with undernourished brains. And I know I need something to fill those nutritional gaps. This led me to NeuroReserve and their product Relevate. Relevate is a nutritional supplement that restores the vital nutrients for a healthy aging brain. Relevate includes 17 of the most important nutrients that specifically target long-term brain health. These nutrients come from the Mediterranean and Mind diets, which studies have discovered can reduce our risk of Alzheimer's by over 50%. You can use my code FM15 for 15% off of your order. This code is good for subscriptions, which will apply to all future orders as well as individual orders. Go to NeuroReserve.com to purchase. The link is in the show notes, and you can also find it on my website. NeuroReserve's mission is to help our brain span match our lifespan. Many of you have wanted to know more about Relevate by NeuroReserve, and that's what you're going to get today. First, Relevate is a neuroprotective nutritional supplement. It is the first and only nutritional supplement designed specifically upon brain protective dietary patterns like the Mediterranean and Mind Diet or the Dash Diet, originally pioneered at the Rush University Medical Center. Now, what I've noticed myself is my sugar craving, which you guys know is totally inherited and a total sweet tooth monster that's very difficult to control. Yeah, my sweet tooth totally under control. And there's a lot of times where I'm like, eh, I don't really need it or want it. And that's a freaking miracle. So we're going to hear from Dr. Ed Park, all about NeuroReserve. With me today is Ed Park. He is the founder and creator of NeuroReserve. They have a product called Relevate that is designed to help Fill the nutritional gaps in our diets specifically designed to help our brains. I hope I said that all correctly, especially since I take Relevate. That's good. (laughs) Oh, good. It's like, as soon as I start talking, I'm like, wait a minute, am I saying this right? (laughs) Obviously, Relevate's (laughs) working because my brain remembered all of the details with no no cheat sheet. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for joining us, Ed.
1: Thanks. Thank you. You have uh, three generations of women in your family that have had alzheimer's um alzheimer's dementia um memory loss so you know i'm sure and you really know about this and so that's it's just great to meet you and we had in our first conversation it was just super great to meet you and now we're doing this podcast now but like it was just really nice to meet you and obviously the people who are listening probably really really care about you know obviously the people that are caring for and also their their brains as well so thanks <laughs> thanks Thank for having you. me on well-
0: You're welcome. So it's, to me, it's very important. I mean, caregiving is so emotionally and physically and financially, not that you're helping on that part, but it's so draining and everything that goes with caregiving to me, and I felt this personally, it's just not great for your brain. And it's very difficult to do all of the things that are suggested, the meditation, the sleep right, to get the exercise, get outside, eat right. It's like, that's a whole process in itself. And then you're trying to take care of somebody else, even even for somebody that's maybe taking care of a young child. That's a, that's a lot of steps and things to go through. It's a lot of steps that I'm just taking care of myself pretty much. So yeah. I was really excited yeah. that you guys approached me to tell me about NeuroReserve and Relevate. But let's start with your story because I know that you know most of the people that I talk to they don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to come up with this thing for brain health. There's usually a backstory. So why don't you tell us the backstory?
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. So, I mean, the backstory primarily is, is about my family. And so my, my, I have a family history like you uh, of neurodegenerative disease. In my case, uh, it was my father who was diagnosed at the age of 48, 49, that time period. Uh, with Parkinson's disease for a lot of your listeners probably understand that Parkinson's and Alzheimer's have a lot of crossover between the two and, and their pathology. And, and uh, but then later on, um, what happens to many people with Parkinson's is They end up with Lewy body dementia. And so that's also what my father uh, suffered from in the last maybe five, seven years. Um, he had, uh, he had Parkinson's and then later Lewy body dementia for about 19 years and uh and so he was diagnosed when i was like maybe a teenager. well not maybe i was so i was i was a young teenager uh and um so i i yeah i didn't really know how to process that very well quite frankly uh and uh and then then you know high school happens college happens and dad was doing okay but then after college and that's when the dementia started setting in and for yeah, Lewy body dementia is a little different from, from um, Alzheimer's type dementia. It, it's, there are major hallucinations involved with it. So it's very uh, psychopathological, right? So you're detached from reality and you start to see things that aren't there, hear things that aren't there. And it's very real, it's, it is straight up real. You know, my father would uh, always be, people would be looking into our house from the outside the windows, things like that. And they'd be there, I mean, and, and there'd be people in our attic and he'd be trying to, to get them out or trying to flush them out, you know, and uh, newspapers all over the windows to make sure nobody would come in or look inside. I mean, it's, it's, a, it, it's a very detached type of situation. And, uh, and so my mother really took the brunt, right? So when it comes to caregiving, my mother took the brunt of it. She, she took care of him. She, and there was, a, you know, obviously, like most caregivers, right, there's a point at which, you know, she couldn't leave the house anymore. Uh, she couldn't even go to the grocery store. Uh, because uh, of what might happen while she's gone. Uh, And, uh, and obviously mobility was very difficult for my father later on also because of the, the the movement disorder associated with Parkinson's disease. Right. So there's, so, I mean, she really, really, she was an amazing, an amazing caregiver uh, through that time. And, uh, and so, uh, but obviously it impacted the whole family. So we were back and forth and things like that. I have two sisters and all three of us were all back and forth in the house, you know, various times and points, you know, whether or not, you know, my father was in acute care, um, you know, or or not, you know, if there's an episode like that. Uh, so, so that left a big, that left a big mark (laughs) on, (laughs) on my psyche. Uh, you know, obviously going through the rest of my life, completely hypersensitive about every little thing that happens to me and going to the neurologist, Basically saying like, do I have what's wrong with me? I I I had a twitch and and my finger is you know, and then they do the whole workup and they're like, Ed, just go home, just go home, right? <laughs> but the, you know, but then I come back again, yeah, like I had another you know twitch on my eyelid or something like that, it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, and, and work me up and. But the thing is, is um, now funnily enough, I went into pharmaceuticals, So I did about 15, 16 years in pharmaceutical research and development. And uh, and there was a time when in a, actually my most recent time before Neuroreserve when I was doing nutritional therapeutics for people who are extremely malnourished. These are people who are on two feeds, things like that. So that gave me a, a real appreciation for nutrition, actually, and how much of an impact it can make uh, for people. And so that's when kind of that combination of uh, personal experiences and then the professional side, you know, I figured and I was going through my quasi midlife crisis, you can call it. Right. So, I, you know, I, I, I had actually gone through I'm not going to just kind of spill a little bit here because I was going through a lot of other medical issues for myself. I hadn't been taking care of myself very well at all. And there are a lot of things that caught up with me, you know, about five years ago, a lot of things that caught up with me. and that forced me to really think about my mortality and my, you know, what am I doing to my body? How am I really treating it? Am I treating it the right way? Am I treating myself the right way? And, uh, and that then kind of brought together all of those personal professional experience. And I finally said, you know what? Nutrition can make a big difference. It's made a big difference in my life. And now what can I do? And that was a genesis of Neuro Reserve. What can I do on the nutritional side or brain health, this which is something that I really didn't want to think about because even though I'd run to the neurologist like a lot,
0: <laughs> I also
1: at the same time would not want to learn about neurology and nutrition because or neurology in general because I don't want to find out my risk, right? So, some people out there who are listening, they might be thinking the same thing, right? I don't even want to find out, <laughs> I don't even want to know, you know, what my risk is. Now, that, that was very much me until about four or five years ago, and at that point, I just finally said, Okay, I'm gonna see if there's anything that can be done about prevention, preventive health, and for neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, like Parkinson's, Lewy body. And it turns out there is, when I started looking at the medicine and the science and where it's at, uh, nutrition ends up being a really big lever. And you've mentioned a lot, You know, we're speaking right before you press record here, right? But you were speaking about all these things that people should be doing, right? And nutrition is one of those big ones. And I learned that just five years ago. You know, I was like, wow, I can actually do something to protect my brain health. Oh, wow, well, I actually have control, some level of control over my brain fate, right? And, and that was huge uh, to me. And the thing is when I looked at the landscape, There is a lot of great research going on in the pharmaceutical side for treatment after a person is diagnosed, right? After they get to the point where they are showing symptoms of neurodegenerative disorder. On the nutrition side, there really wasn't much that I saw when I was kind of like looking for nutritional things, you know, like I was was improving my diet, but at the same time I wanted to find like nutritional products and supplements, things like that to help plug gaps. I I, I saw a lot of these like brain products that were very kind of short-term or kind of like it's legal Adderall, or it's like, it's like, it's like a limitless pill or it's like going to give you a boost. It's like a five-hour energy drink type thing that's going to give you that boost for the next sales call you're going to do or the next, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, code software coding you're going to do. It's kind of very much peak performance type stuff. And I didn't really see anything that spoke to my own family experience and actually many other people's family experience because I know my story is not unique whatsoever, right? And so about long-term brain health about lifelong brain health. So that, that was the genesis of neuro-reserve. That's a really long-winded kind of <laughs> rigmarole, right, that I've just gone through, but that was the, the genesis of neuro-reserve. And that's what made me realize, okay, maybe we can do something here in the nutrition space for preventive health for the brain and do it in a really genuine way. Do it in a way that tells people, this is where we're at. We don't know everything to give people some confidence that this is the best we can do right now to, to plug some of those gaps. Like you described earlier, Jens. So <laughs>
0: I backed into daily supplements, literally like backed into it. I live in, I live in the suburbs of San Francisco, far flung suburbs. I can't get too much further and still be in the Bay Area. And so it's, it's a very much still an agricultural town. We grow corn and cherries and walnuts and almonds, other things, corn and cherries and the nuts are key. They're the, the main crop. And Back in the before times when I used to drive to the gym, there's a field where one year, I think it's even years is corn and odd years is tomatoes. Doesn't really matter if I get that right. But they swap back and forth the crop because that's obviously good agricultural management because if you just plant corn every year, eventually you're going to deplete the nutrients in the soil. I'm not super excited about when I'm out with our cycling club and I'm riding my bike and the crop duster flies by and it's like, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fortunately, we, we don't have that terribly often. I think I've experienced it twice in the last decade, close to a decade. And I'm very, I went from late 30s, very seriously overweight most of my listeners know I've told this story a zillion times. It's not Alzheimer's. It's just fact is I had a photography client who was a doctor. She said, you're overweight. You have a family history of diabetes. You're screwed. And by saying the term you're screwed, fired up the competitive nature in me. And I was like, I'll show you. I mean, I never even seen this lady since. So she is, unless she <laughs> somehow fell on this podcast, she has no clue that I lost a hundred pounds. Kept that off for, well, I kept 90 of it off for a long time, and now I got to work on some 30 that have come on with menopause, caregiving, pandemic, but we're working on it. And my husband had a medical situation. He had um, blood clots in his lungs again, and so now he has to be on blood thinners the rest of his life. They don't know what's causing them, which is frustrating because both of us like to know like why, why... Give me the reason why so that I can find the answers and move forward. So not knowing why is very frustrating, but he knows what he needs Mm. to do. And so he's now doing it. So that's also helping my weight loss. But I went on the health kick journey so that I would not end up with diabetes and then learned that that was good for my brain health. So but yes, for this, for the supplements, somewhere along the line, I read that our modern agricultural corporations. It's like what's the soil isn't as rich as it was a hundred years ago. So even if they yeah. rotate the crops and well, I guess the crop dust is probably a poison, but you know, and fertilize it. Don't, I don't know. One of these days I'll have to drive by and see what they do to amend the soil. They must do that in the winter because they do stuff all winter long too. And it's like frustrating, frustrating because mm-hmm. they blow dust all over the road. <laughs> as soon as you wash your car, you drive past the farm and it's like, well, now my car is filthy again, but that's when I realized because I could see modern farming and I could tell I'm like that dirt's not black. So it's not as rich yeah. in nutrients as maybe it was hundred years ago or 150 years ago when they started growing corn in this town. And that's when I'm like, maybe I should take a daily vitamin or some supplements to mm-hmm. kind of enhance what I'm not getting, even though I eat really healthy now, but I'm not getting the nutrients because it's not, it's not getting into the food
1: yeah yeah that's a big that's a big problem i mean I, I think one of the the poster child of that sort of like uh, nutrient depletion from soil is magnesium it's it's a, uh, it is a big problem with with uh how much it's depleted so therefore lots of foods that should have magnesium lots of like these greens and things like that don't typically have as much anymore so uh so i mean a lot of fixes need to be made in our you know uh commercial agriculture uh, you know and yeah. At some point where there is, we're going to reach the red line. Right. And it's to be like, there's nothing in this food. And eventually we'll do something about it. I think right now we're still at that point where people may, you know, we kind of can kind of move along with it, you know, obviously there's organic and a crop rotation, things like that, you know, at a smaller scale um, nowadays, you know, and you could find that at like some very expensive grocery stores and things like that, but, but uh, otherwise, yeah. I, the nutrient depletion is a, a big issue that's starting to make its way around the entire world. So. Well, I'm in
0: California and we produce like, I don't know, sixty percent of the crops for this country. So you guys might want to yeah. you're in Nevada, you don't got water to share. So like Yeah, we, we have need no to water s- share. <laughs> yeah.
1: And we also and we also we probably <laughs> you're you're like our probably our number one source of food, right? <laughs> so
0: I do know that they ship our corn across the country and across the world. So I had a, a brief Instagram back and forth commentary, and I'm I'm gonna poke them again. But a care home, I think it was a care home in I, Iowa, which is where my dad is from. They're like, "Oh, we love our Iowa corn," and I'm like, "Let's have a corn off, yeah, a corn off. <laughs> you ship me some of yours, and I'll ship you some of ours, and we'll do a lot li- an Instagram live where we sample and because I think that'd be fun, especially because my dad was from Iowa. So I would I'd be interested to know what it like. Does it taste different? Because ours is a sweet white corn, which is I hopefully- love that. Yes. It's probably not the best thing to eat because it's real sweet.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: I, I'm sure the natural sugars in the corn are high because <laughs> it's really good. And you have, and we just got, we're, we're late to the party. We got a um, Instapot. So the pressure cooker, we got it for our road trip that we're taking soon. And it's amazing how great the corn is out of the Instapot. Like I've done it boiled and I've done it on the grill. I've done it all kinds of ways. And it's like, okay this pressure cooker is really, really good because it really? really infuses the flavors. I know we're going to make everybody hungry.
1: <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Because I think, of, you know, we have an Instapot too. And I, I usually just think of it as as a way to make really, really tender meat really fast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like that's what my wife always throws like chicken in there with all these spices and stuff. And sudden, boom, you get this like super tender, juicy chicken, you know, right out of it. Like in 40 minutes only. It's like, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was the first thing we made was a, a like a the Tex-Mex chicken for taco salads because the meat was so infused with flavor. And I'm just going to tell you guys now, Ed and I are recording like about lunchtime. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's. So I think in the back, I think subconsciously we must be getting hungry because we're talking about food. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm just nursing my morning coffee still. So yeah, we're getting there.
0: It's uh now, now I got to figure out what to have for lunch. Cause now, now food is all my brain, but what, how, let's see, where do I want to go with this one? So we know we've discussed a little bit about why we need to supplement our nutrition. You know, even if you eat organic and vegan and all of that great stuff, we're still missing out on nutrients, right?
1: Uh, typically. Yes. I mean, you know, there's, when you, when you look at how, when you, when we, when we like we have, so our first product is, is obvious it's on the market now, right? We, we launched earlier this year and our first product's called Relevate and it's meant to, uh, mimic or um, help people mimic the intake of really, really nice overachievers in brain health, right? The people who live the longest with the healthiest brains, people along the Mediterranean, uh, people in these kind of blue zones, you know, things like that. So we wanted to make a, a, a supplement that matches those overachievers for brain health. And when you look at how they eat compared to, say, the standard standard U.S. or North American diet, the North American diet is profoundly deficient in a few different types of very brain healthy foods uh particularly dark green leafy vegetables that's just one of those things that we're really we're up to nine in some cases like 90 percent, you know deficient you know so i mean there there's it's meaning not 90 percent of people are deficient and the deficiency can be as severe as up to 70 percent, right so it's Ooh. you know it's and, and that's just one the other is isn't in, isn't in, you know specific types of foods that are very healthy for the brand like berries, dark, dark pigmented berries, because the pigments that make them so pretty are also very protective as well. So, uh, so there's, there's berries are not a big thing, actually, even though lots of strawberries I know are grown in California, which I love, lots of other berries, actually, uh, the consumption in the United States of berries is actually quite low. uh, and, And hopefully we'll, we'll get to a point where we're having more berries and So, so there's, there's elements and obviously nuts. Um, So nuts are are extremely important for certain fatty acids and also for minerals. So and metals, and we were talking about magnesium earlier, you know, so many other minerals um, that, that they soak up and and they, they become really high, you know, rich um, and abundant sources of. So before I learned much about brain health and nutrition, I did not eat many nuts. I, I was, I was not a nut guy. I was like, I was just so not. Now I'm like, I'm like like eating as many nuts as I can. Thankfully, Costco has like, you know, big old bags, you know. Uh, So, uh, so eating a lot more of that. But still, even then, um, I I did this test and I think people should go here. It's, it's, it's a place called healthybrains.org. So it's a. It's the Cleveland Clinic's uh, brain assessment or brain health assessment website. It's called healthybrains.org. And there, there's a brain health index, a BHI that they've developed. And you can assess yourself in six different dimensions. And, and like like you said, Jen, Jen you, you mentioned a lot of them, right? You know, one of them is mm-hmm. nutrition and you can assess how you, while well, you're doing there. And even for myself, I'm gluten-free now. I, you know, I, I watched my carb intake and and, and obviously I upped all these things. It, I did my like, brain health index for nutrition and I ended up still underneath 50% out of a score of a hundred. So or 50 points out of a score of 100. i ended up like, I think it was like 38 or something. It was really bad.
0: <laughs> and no, so still, I feel so like I've improved
1: my, I I feel like I've improved my diet a lot, having fish like twice a week, so forth. <laughs> uh, so so and I and I know you don't like fish, right James? <laughs> you know so when but when <laughs> we had
0: our our get to know you chat, I do recall saying that if you told me that if I ate Fish three times a week. I'd never get Alzheimer's. I still probably, and then I pause. I'm like, no, I'd probably gag it down, but I wouldn't like it. And I have <laughs> tried fish in, well, I mean, I don't eat anything fried because that's just horrible for you. Um, but it still doesn't taste good fried. Like, you know, even like the most destructive way of cooking it, I just, I don't know what it is because I live, like, we live right on the Delta and people fish in the Delta, although I don't really think that's a great idea. High salt con- you know, salinity in the water, and just oh, no, thank you. I don't think it's no, but one so interesting how- thing is, as I've gotten older, so in the last two years, maybe I have really lost my taste for beef. And we're, mm. i mean, I've, my husband is actually getting into vegetarian meals. Yes, <laughs> we won't go full vegetarian. I know that, I just know the two of us, but eating less red meat is helpful. And I was going to ask you a quick question. Because mm-hmm. I have, I, do you know which nut is highest in magnesium?
1: Uh, so nuts that are high in magnesium, uh, I, I believe it's almonds. So all, almonds are, are pretty rich in magnesium. Uh,
0: okay. We grow those here.
1: So, so, oh yeah. So I mean, almond.
0: I think California is like a huge almond state, right? Yeah, so. it is. The town next door yeah. to me is like grapevines and almond trees okay. and ha- and suburban housing so that you can commute somewhere else. That's. That's where I live. It's like we've got agricultural and a bedroom community that people generally until last year commuted out of. I don't know what's happening now. Mm I can't keep track of the rest of the world. But have you ever seen how they harvest walnuts and almonds?
1: No, because I imagine it's really intensive having to break through the shell or the walnuts, at least. Or
0: Well, how they get them off the tree?
1: Oh, No. No. Oh,
0: it's fascinating. And I learned this story from my dad, but also living here, I get to observe it. They basically strap a big rubber belt around the trunk of the tree and they shake the crap out of the tree and all the nuts fall out of the tree. My, oh, uncles, it's like, yeah, my uncles used to do that, I think by hand. I have to ask the uncles, but I don't think they had a machine back in the 60s. But yeah, nowadays, like... Probably late summer, early fall. You'll you'll drive by the almond fields and or the walnut trees, and you know there's like I don't know I don't know. It's a like a gas powered machine. It just basically shakes the crap out of the trees. It's That's really hilarious. fascinating. Yeah, And they usually put like tarps underneath them to catch them, but then there's people that have got to clean them up, and and mm-hmm. then I don't know. They go to a processor after that. I assume because we don't we don't process anything other than the corn because it doesn't need much. Like we um, like if. If the if the company in Iowa will take me up on my corn off, I can go over to GNS Farms and and get stuff that was picked at like three thirty this morning and ship it <clears throat> to them. We actually took corn. Well, I I should back up. My, most of my listeners know that my husband and I are Rotarians. Our club had we did work with a club in India. We helped fund, and it's complicated. So I'm not going to get into how how we initiated basically a quarter of a million dollars to set up two of their hospital surgery, uh, the operating rooms. Wow. This is mother Teresa's hospital. And like 60% of the patients they see are like dirt poor. And they had like one hospital out of hospital operating room. There we go. I keep using the wrong word operating theater out of four that was functional, which obviously is not great. And through the magic of donations and matching funds and everything, we, We basically gave them a quarter of a million dollars in medical equipment, which I've always said, I don't think that would, that would flesh out an entire operating room in the state. So I kind of got, I kind of wonder about that one sometimes, but in 2018, when we were in the convention, this is the last Rotary convention we got to go to the, um, gentlemen from that club were at that convention. So my husband literally got corn from the farm. That's not very far from me. That was picked in the middle of the night, and he said, "How do I get this from here to Toronto safely?" And they said, "Well, take it on board." And it was literally wrapped in a wet towel in a bag. <laughs> and we transported this stupid corn across the country into Canada, and then at the convention, we gave it to the guys from India. <laughs> like, here is corn from Brentwood. You could, and they were <laughs> so excited. I'm like, this is the most inane thing. These are like, gifts to just- you. Yeah, I'm like, couldn't we have shipped them a carton or something? <laughs> this <laughs> is very strange. But yeah, so agriculture yeah. is like kind of like in the background of my life around here.
1: So <laughs> oh, I didn't oh, yeah. I didn't
0: know how many people um, knew that. You P-
1: pumpkin seeds. Sorry, pumpkin seeds. I just thought I thought it pumpkin seeds are really high in magnesium.
0: Oh, I like so, pumpkin seeds. Um so, I try to anyway. eat some some nuts, but I learned through my weight loss journey that my body is real good at hanging on to fat. And the only way I lost all the weight was to go super low fat, and, which meant egg whites, no whole egg, I mean, it was a little nuts. And we're not going back that way. I hope I don't have to go back that way because it, it was so low fat for two years that I wonder if I did a disservice to my brain health because I wasn't getting the nuts, the egg yolks. You know, we were eating only lean meat, which yeah. is good. Now, that's we, good. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but now the eggs came back. Full eggs came back. I do eat some nuts, but I'm one of those that's people good. yeah. Yeah, cuz eggs have,
1: choline, you know, the yolks, you know, they have choline in it, very important for for brain. Um and uh and of course there are the healthy fats. I mean, Paul, those long-chain polyunsaturated fatty yeah, acids, so it's like DHA, you know, omega-3s from fish oils, you know, those are very Important. I do
0: take, I take yeah. those too. So. Oh no. Although the krill oil, yeah. now that I take Relevate, I don't have to take the krill oil. Yeah.
1: yeah you have a really, really nice substitute now. So
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is right. good. Cause it's like the, the little pill container that we had for all of our um, supplements. Cause I don't take any actual medications, just supplements. Mine was kind of overflowing. So I, I emailed your assistant and I said, how many of these other things can I stop taking now? <laughs> which is kind of helpful, but I do. And the other reason that I knew supplements actually were beneficial is what are we talking about? So three years ago, we also have a local health hut sells vitamins, supplements, all kinds of stuff. And I was just, my energy level was not great. And okay. So this, four, so this was like 40, I was 49. So we all know like time of life for women at that point. So I went to okay. the health hut. Yeah. I said, Okay, so here's what's going on with me. I have like, my energy level's not great. And, and they interrupted me and they popped this bottle on the counter. This, you need this. It was run by two ladies. And I said, don't you want to know what else is going on? They're like, nope, you need this. It's menopause complex. And I've been <laughs> taking it since June of 2018, June of 2019, or was it 2017? Like three or four years. So I don't get all of the menopausal issues. Yeah. I don't have hot, I don't have hot flashes, I do get warm ones, but I don't have like disruptive stuff happening that most women do. So I'm like, and I've, I've read like, oh, these menopause things, these supplements, they don't work. I'm like, yes, they do. Cause if I don't take one, if I miss a day, day two, it's like, okay, burn it up, burn it up. Where's my skin? <laughs> So I know they work, or at least you know they're psychosomatically working. I literally went yeah. from I didn't think that vitamins and supplements were beneficial. I was in the camp of you take them and they just get flushed eventually. To yes, they do work, and there's reasons we should take them. So that's yeah, one of the when, reasons.
1: It, it's interesting because the a lot, a lot of the medical advisors in, in the company when I first approached them, you know, um, there there are various uh, you know research institutions and. And, uh, and when I asked them about, well, how do you feel about helping to helping out with a, a nutrition supplement company for, for brain health? And, and obviously there's, there's a healthy skepticism there, right? You know, when, obviously when they heard it out and they said, okay, we're going to base this on evidence-backed brain protective diets, okay, yeah, this makes sense. And they said, this is good because it is really hard for people to change. I mean, we, well, first of all, again, I want to say this, you know, we, we don't, we don't want to um, advocate that supplements are a replacement for a healthy diet, right? That They're not going to be a replacement for it. Uh, what they are is a, is a tool. They're yet another nutritional tool that we can use um, to help protect our brains, right? And when we think of it that way, is that they're part of a larger toolkit um, that includes exercise and, you know, obviously, you know, cognitive training and things like that, then, then it makes sense, right? And there's it's just very hard for people to change that's the thing that the physicians were telling me they see patients every day they see their family members every day and even when they make small changes in their diet or in their daily regimen that they do whether or not it be exercise or not it's a huge deal and and um but but a lot of times that either for practical reasons or for stubbornness reasons or whatever it might be um that people are limited you know and so that that's the reason why supplements you know for people like myself and and, and others it can make quite a bit of sense so um yeah so that's that's I, I totally hear you on that you know and and you can see them make you know you can feel them making a difference and and as long as you understand why they're designed the way they're designed then you can have confidence that they're going to provide benefits and go forth so
0: so. it's just it's just been an interesting journey from yeah taking a daily vitamin you know you basically it just goes through your system and ends up in the the waste treatment plant and to now I have a routine my husband puts the the supplements in a little bowl that's on the counter, I pick up my water bottle, take the supplements, and then I go do my exercise, which helps get them into my system a little faster oh I bet <laughs> <clears throat> it's it's worked for like occasionally you'll have a headache. I do get a lot of headaches. Um, so I do actually take a supplement for that one too. <laughs> but there was one time years ago, I was like, oh my God, my head is killing me. And I popped two or three Tylenol, got in the car, drove to the gym again before times. And the music is usually kind of loud at gyms. We all know this. And I, I was a little hesitant because I'm like, eh, I don't know, you know, up, up and down and all the exercise and the loud music, this is not going to help my headache. By the time we are through the warm up. My headache was gone. And I'm like, I think the adrenaline from the exercise jump started the the process of the the Tylenol. Because yeah. it literally was like twelve minutes from my house to the gym. So it didn't have time to get all the way into my system. Mm-hmm. And I I've experienced that several times. So I've learned things over the years and it's I hope it's beneficial. I'm not gonna stop taking all these supplements to see if I feel differently. Just gonna have to go on faith that I know the menopause ones work. Because like I said, if you I'm like, if I miss one day, it doesn't, it doesn't take very long before all those charming symptoms start, (laughs) start popping up. And it's like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Let's go take this up. Sometimes if they're bad, I'll take two because it's one to two. And so it's, we've taken the krill oil. Although, like I said, I don't take that one anymore because it's much easier to just take the the Relevate every day. And then I don't have to gag down fish. (laughs)
1: So yeah, okay. So if you're not exactly if you're not into fish, then this might be the way to go. You know, uh, having having a, a you know a supplemental um, fish oil, and ours is and ours is from herring roe. So it's 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 from fish caviar. So herring caviar oil. So wow, wow, sounds pretty fancy. <laughs> no, but but really, it's 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 just very very. It has a very high um, abundance of DHA, and it's and it's attached to a certain type of molecule that helps carry it into the brain more easily and more efficiently so there is a difference between the different types of omega-3s out there you know some standard fish oils are really good for the heart right as we know Um, and then there are other types like the type that we put in um, our product that makes it obviously easier for it to go into the brain so uh something that we should pay attention to yeah
0: Yeah, all my listeners should know because we do talk about this fairly regularly what's good for your heart is also good for your brain and vice versa I have a friend retiring soon, his sleep apnea. And so he's been using the CPAP machine and his blood pressure has gone down. And he was talking about the interesting correlation between better sleep and his heart, his blood pressure going down and other positive aspects of using the machine. And I said, you do know that what's good for your heart is good for your brain. And he's like, Mm -hmm. no, I'd never heard that. And I'm like, you know me, I'm sure you've heard this, but whatever. And so I basically explained that, you know, the lack of oxygen in his brain puts stress on his heart and his brain. You're not getting enough oxygenated blood to your brain, which is bad for your brain. Blah, blah. So he was he was like, even more excited to use this machine. <laughs> so I'm always for, I like natural things. I'd bra- and I went from being like, ew, exercise no, to like literally exercise six to seven days a week and mm-hmm. you know walk the dogs which is not necessarily part of the exercise routine it's just what they need so it's all i i feel like we're learning that brain health is more you know if you want to avoid alzheimers and dementias or parkinson's disease or any of those ugly things that generally hit at the end of life but not always like you said your dad was awfully young when he got parkinson's yeah that we need mm-hmm. to we need to learn to take better care of ourselves and that's not like I said. That's not always easy. It takes time and effort, and sometimes you're just like, "Oh, forget it. Give me a hamburger." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, yeah, I know. And it, you know, once in a while, that's 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 fine. No, but I, you know, there's there's um there's the mind diet, and I don't know. You know, you might have spoken about this before. You know, on uh, you know, and that's that's a very powerful diet. You know, it's it's a it's a diet that can reduce people's risk of Alzheimer's disease by as much as fifty three percent. So that's not a small. Movement there—that's a big, big needle mover, you know, as far as risk reduction. So, uh, so the closer people can stay on it, uh, even if people stay on it moderately, kind of like, kind of follow it a little bit, but not fully, then they they, they reduce their risk by thirty-five percent. So, uh, these are really powerful diets, and you know, that's obviously the reason why we, you know, design the way we design our products. But the thing is, is um, Just pay attention to green leafy vegetables. So everybody green leafy vegetable, dark green leafy vegetables, right? Like uh, kale and spinach and and obviously broccoli, fennel leaves, coriander, whatever you can find, you know, just, just green leafy vegetables. Berries specifically, as mentioned before, focus on the berries, focus on the fish. If you're okay with fish <laughs> and especially cold water fish. So cold water fish is very important because cold water fish are the ones that are really rich in these, these brain healthy fats, right? They, it's because they're in cold water. I mean, they, they'll either they'll, they'll, they'll completely freeze unless they had a really fluid fatty acid inside of them. And, and that's the DHA and, and, and the EPA. So olive oil, tons of olive oil, whole grains, you know, I'm going to poultry, kind, you know, to poultry to, to in moderation. And then the nuts and seeds that we talked about earlier. Right. Particularly walnuts and almonds. You know, so I'm trying to go through a list here. Hopefully you can give remind your audience of the checklist. Right. Beans and especially like black and kidney beans. And those are really important because like you were talking about diabetes earlier. Right. But their fiber levels and when you have beans, lentils, things like that, it slows down digestion and it doesn't give you such a spike. Uh, You know, hyperglycemic Mm -hmm. spike, you know, that happens, you know, so it slows things down and, uh, and the wine, uh, red wine in moderation, obviously. So, um, so that has a lot of wonderful, uh, phytonutrients in it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't drink either because wine gives me heartburn. I had, um, let's see, was this in 1998? I had. Uh, bronchitis and then six weeks later got strep throat and both times the doctors gave me that z-pack so it's like six antibiotics versus 30 which is very convenient but six weeks apart Mm -hmm. and we had a landlord that was a crook and i wanted to kill him and the only reason that i didn't literally i hope the (laughs) fbi is not listening i didn't kill him so it's fine but the only reason (laughs) that i I didn't seriously figure out how to do it was because i had my daughter she was like six, <laughs> six, seven years old. So I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't, I don't want to turn it back. Yeah, life from, in prison
1: if I get caught, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'd miss too much.
0: Yeah, that was that was my thought. I'm like, parenting from jail is not my idea of a good time, so we'll skip that. And then considering my mom needed care, it was probably a good thing that I, I opted not to run him over with my car because that was kind of my plan. <laughs> but it's like, you know, everybody <laughs> thinks I have this nice podcast host and now I just let out the evil part. But I just had a realization because I've been taking Relevate for like six weeks and uh-huh. in the past. So my husband had his pulmonary issue over Memorial Day weekend. And so he has cleaned up how he eats, which obviously has benefited me my, my as well. Ugh, tongue's not working. And lately I have noticed that I have had less sugar cravings and I'm like seriously like the cookie monster when it comes to sugar. So... I am going to say it's because of Relevate. Uh, <laughs> you I know, mean, what? I'm made, not gonna stop you. But <laughs> <laughs> you know I what? mean uh, there's, yeah. I, Go ahead. I made I made cookies the other day. I learned how you can um take out half of the butter and replace it with silken tofu. It does not change the taste. It changes the texture a little bit, but then if you air fry them, it, I have like a Toast oven that has an air fry setting, but you can put it in any kind of air fryer. Amazing cookies. You would, I mean, I have people that are like, oh my gosh, these are the best cookies ever. And then I tell them I took out half the butter and put it in tofu. And they're like, what? They're still good. They keep eating them. I literally made cookies. What I do is I freeze, freeze them and then cook about five, you know, four or five for a day or two. And after I was done baking, I'm like, I just don't have the, like, I, eating an actually baked cookie after licking spoons and fingers and all that stuff. I just didn't do it. I'm like, this is very strange. Something's wrong with me. <laughs> I'm like, why am I not happy? I went to all this effort and now I'm going to have cookies. What tomorrow? So that is the only thing that's changed in my life prior to my battling the sugar tooth fiend that lives in me. That's interesting.
1: You know, there. That, okay, so there are people that, I mean, you know, we, we you know, we, there's lots of people now that, Given us feedback, you know, on how they feel, and really great because we, we try and speak with as many customers and, and people who started using it as we can. And yeah, I'd say about half the people, you know, come back and say there are effects that they feel quite quickly, um, and it could be very almost unrelated to the brain specifically, like a lot more energy, or it could be very specific with respect to less mental fatigue or the ability to for greater attention and alertness for sustained amounts of time, so forth. Um, and other people have some very actually clinically almost interesting and research, re- very interesting from a research perspective, uh, responses based upon their backgrounds. Uh, uh, because you know, some people who've had, uh, had cancer um, and they had chemotherapy, chemotherapy actually it's, it's well known that it, it actually affects your cognition because it's, it's obviously chemo- chemotherapy is, is toxic to some degree, right? So it, it has effects on the brain. And so you know, people start eating us, eating back to us on that based upon their experience with, with Relevate. And then there's a whole nother group. And, and to me, when I think about people who have immediate effects, I, I think that maybe out of, you know, one out of the 17 or a few, or maybe all, I don't know, maybe they were profoundly deficient in, in one, two, three, or many of those, and all of a sudden they're being repleted. And so they're feeling the effects almost immediately, right? And then there are people, the other people who say, I don't feel anything immediately but they say oh, I'm in it for the long haul so that they, they, they understand that the brain health and preventive health and diet and nutrition in, in general is a long-term effort. And they, they go into it from that perspective and say, okay, I'm going to just do that. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of like one of those people, right. You know, I'm just, you know, I just know that this makes sense, you know, so, um, so there's a lot of different experiences out there. And I think yours is actually, uh, we're going to have to catalog that one. I mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, just because I been... reduce
1: sugar cravings, you know, that'll be one that I have to put in.
0: Well, yeah, and I haven't yeah. mentioned this in a long time, but my maternal grandfather, so when I tell people that my sugar tooth is hereditary, this is this is proof right here. My maternal grandfather did not feel that a meal was finished until they had dessert. And so they would have this is this is definitely horrible. They would have <laughs> little little packaged, processed. Sweet snacks after lunch and after dinner, every day. Now, I don't know that he had dessert after breakfast. That would be my idea of heaven, but that's okay. I have berries almost every day, so those are nice and sweet, and that helps a lot, too. But, you know, my and my mom ate... Ugh, she had terrible teeth. She had, like, really soft teeth, and she would eat this, this sticky candy and <laughs> she'd break teeth all the time. And, oh. And, and she could literally eat hard candies or taffies or sugar daddies or whatever, you know, just all those crazy sticky things and still maintain like a a healthy body weight. She probably didn't have it probably physically inside was not as healthy, but she looked, you know, she she never had to lose a hundred pounds like I did. That came from my dad's side of the family. So I'm hoping, you know, I got my, the sugar tooth from my mom's side of the family and the fat gene from my dad's side of the family. I hope I got the longevity from both sides and, the non-Alzheimer's from Dead sucks. <laughs> like when you talk about genetics, it's just really fascinating. But I mean, it's taken years to learn to like tame the sweet tooth. I have to actively until recently, which is, and I've noticed this because just like two dark Hershey's kisses and I'm fine. It's like, oh, and just for reference, seven Hershey kisses is a serving. So I'm not even getting like half a serving. Like two is enough, which has never been the case. I just have made it be enough because I know it's a lot of sugar, it's a lot of fat and I don't need that stuff yeah. except that I do because I get nasty if I don't have chocolate again. Yeah, <laughs> the,
1: like- the, That's so important though. Yeah. I, I, it's really great that you're you have it under control because metabolic and, and pre-diabetes or diabetes, is just such a huge risk factor for, for dementia and neurodegenerative disease. It is, you know, once you start losing, we start losing or creating insulin resistance. Um, in our bodies, it's, uh, it, it creates a lot of problems in the brain. And so, so insulin resistance isn't just like a, a weight thing, right? It's just definitely right. affecting the brain heavily uh, because the brain is so energy intensive. I mean, just sitting still here, it's going to burn. It's two or three percent of our weight, but it's going to burn twenty five ish percent of the energy that we spend each day. So it's punching way higher than its weight, I guess you <laughs> can say, from an energy usage perspective. So the brain loves glucose, right? The brain loves other energy sources. Uh, you know, when we start to mess with that. And, and start to interfere with that through insulin resistance or other types of, you know, metabolic issues, you, you can, it's for sure going to affect the brain. So, and I, I got to watch it too, because I, I got, I mean, kind of like, like you, I've been trying, I, I've, you've probably done a better job. I've, I've, I'm trying to ratchet back, you know, at, you know like just, I always have like some chocolate chips laying around and things like that, you know, with my coffee in the morning, or, you know, stuff like that. And, well, uh, the, and then my, my wife comes from a family where dessert was very common also. So it's just super common. Like dessert was like, you know, it's like the thing, you know, after dinner. And yeah, I never really had that in my family. But then, then I got married and all of a sudden dessert's becoming this thing, right? So we're trying to ratchet that back now down too.
0: So it's, well, two things. Uh, dark Like the dark Hershey Kisses, if you you eat one and like actually pay attention to eating it, like let it melt in your mouth. Cause you got the dark chocolate, which has got a little bit of benefits. So I have two of those and then drink some water. Usually you can like, and then do something, get busy doing something else so that your brain is not focused on, Ooh, let's have more of that. You can generally take about a third of the sugar out of baked goods before you mess up the chemistry of the recipe. So those are a couple of things. I don't generally take out that much sugar, but if it says like a cup, I will do like a scant cup. So I've taken out maybe 10%. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. The silken tofu takes out a lot of the butter or the, you know, the garbagey fat we don't need. And it adds in protein. So you have a couple of these cookies that are warm from the air fryer, which gives it the, that like, I don't want to say restaurant, but like cookie shop baked. Yeah. That place called bakery style feel of the cookie. And, Literally because I think because they and I use whole wheat flour, like white whole wheat flour, they're feeling if you have a third one, you almost feel a little wet. Like, ooh, that was just one too many cookies. So two is generally plenty the way I cook them. And then what was the other trick that yeah, I remember? I don't know Those, I don't know
1: how my kids are able to eat so much. You know, when they when they get their hands on sweets, they can just like gobble it down. I look at them and I'm like, Okay, just you're gonna make me throw up just watching you just stop. Well,
0: yeah, we our bodies can put up with a lot of crap when we're younger. You know, like I, I've never been a drinker. I'm solar powered, sun up, I'm awake, sun down, I'm asleep. I've never pulled an all nighter because that just doesn't work for my brain. And it's just, I don't, I don't drink. I don't, you know, I don't do any of that stuff. But I've read where, you know, like our bodies can, you know, in, in our twenties, you know, we stay up all night drinking and we can go to work on Monday and be reasonably fine. I would, but that's me. And, you know, but as in your thirties now, not so easy. And as we get later in life, it's just like our body just can't, it can't get rid of that crap. It can't, it cannot recuperate as fast as it does when we're 10 or 20 or whatever. But what I did to lose all the weight and to retrain my brain was to start taking out the fats and the sugars and replacing the, we didn't eat a lot of white starchy carbs, but replacing those with better starchy carbs. Slowly, my personal trainer Mm -hmm. said, don't make all these changes at once because your body will just, it will revolt, which I totally agree with. And that's, that's the smartest thing. Make changes slowly so that they just become a habit.
1: So they stick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I was going to say, the other thing that we have, you said to use a lot of olive oil, we also grow that here. So I get organic, fresh from local, locally sourced olive oil. And we do that's it, but, great. That's yeah. great. Using
1: it as your primary oil for culinary purposes is like the way to go. Um, that's just a wonderful oil, like avocado as well. And it's one of those things where you can have a lot of it. It's not going to, it's not the same as butter. It's not the same as any saturated fats. So these are polyunsaturated fatty acids, which are very healthy for the brain. Uh, so And they also help absorb Bring food and bring in some of these nutrient, other nutrients like the vitamin E's, the luteins, the example, whatever it might be that are very helpful for the brain as well. So they help absorb food as well. So but having that is really healthy. And just, just want to make sure people just really, you know, understand or are reminded, you know, of, of all these things that we should be doing, you know, to, to protect our brain health. And uh, and so just, but, but I just want to make sure that and you. Uh, I I know I I was listening. Actually, I was listening to one of your other podcasts earlier and you go way deeper. It's like there was an EFT episode where you're talking about, (laughs) where you're talking about uh, emotional emotional freedom techniques. I was actually really trying to tap myself in, in a meridian somewhere in my body to try and relax myself before this this podcast, so I so I wouldn't you know be too nervous or anything. But um, there's exercise, there's nutrition, of course, which we've spoken about a lot. There's exercise, which is extremely important, It could be just as important as nutrition, right? And, uh, and the reason why we talk about nutrition and exercise so much when it comes to brain health is because they're actually easy to study. So that's why scientists and you know people are it's easy to measure them it's easy to see, you know, even though it's kind of hard to measure sometimes, but it's a lot easier to measure than how well have you cognitively trained yourself today? You know, it's a lot easier to measure than how many social connections did you make today, which are other things as well. Staying socially connected, you know, cognitive training, keeping those comorbidities in check, like cardiovascular and metabolic health, you know, and finally sleep. Like you mentioned, that's something we can measure too. And there's a lot more studies going on there too, right? Sleep, because obviously during sleeping, uh, during the sleeping hours that that's when a person's brain is basically all the waste is taken out and if you don't do that then the waste builds up so shorter and shorter the amounts of sleep we get the the less and less the, the more and more the waste and debris builds up on
0: our brains and, and it doesn't like a- it doesn't file the memories very well.
1: That's right. There's also memory formation, long-term memory formation happening during sleep as well. So it's there's so many things that happen. I used to always just think, well, sleep is just for rest so I can function. And yeah, it's, <laughs> There's like so many deeper things going on during sleep. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, sleep is interesting. <clears throat> and if I get a really crappy night's sleep, you were talking about how the brain basically punches above its weight class and energy usage. If I get <clears throat> a really short, just interrupted, poor night of sleep, one. Doesn't even have to be more than one. God forbid it's two. I will wake up and my brain will be like, yo, let's have some pastries for breakfast. (laughs) Like, uh, how about a donut? Yeah, donut sounds really good. It's like literally the sugar fiend goes berserk. And I know it's because my brain thinks if I get some pastries and some tea with the caffeine, then I'll be all like all fueled up. Yeah, and then you're going to crash and burn in an hour. But, you know, whatever. Then it'll just want more (laughs) sugar. But I just find it really interesting because you wake up and you're like, dang, you know, whatever. the Like this past weekend, the neighbors had a birthday party for his wife and they warned us in advance that there was going to be a DJ. and Thank goodness he was was playing some really good tunes because they went past 11 o'clock and I could hear them. And it was like, okay, I was really enjoying your music, but now I'd really like to have some sleep. I'm just fascinated that the brain immediately goes to sugar. It's like not not let's have a nice hard boiled egg and some berries to to supplement this crappy yeah. night's sleep. No, it just wants a pastry donut and it's like and it's almost like my brain is screaming at me to just like pour in garbage sugar, you know, white flour, fat, just all the garbage it's we kind don't of eat. A-
1: it's in like a survival mode, basically, right? It's like, just give me what I can, you know, to, to, to keep going. And and so uh, it's like the brain is made for two things, right? It's, it's for sur- survival and for th- thriving, right? You know, for a person. And I think the survival was kicking in there, you know, after bad
0: night's sleep. Yeah, God, I hate that. Because when we first moved into this house, there were no blinds. We had to put blinds on the windows. And so all of the light pollution was filtering in. And the old house, the bedroom faced open space. So, there was phenomenally less light pollution. And after, like, I don't know, two or three weeks, basically threatened to murder my husband if he didn't get blinds. So, I'm like, dude, I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm waking up every day and my brain is screaming for a donut. Like, we got to stop this. So, we fixed that problem, which is good because I'm not feeding my brain a donut for breakfast, because I'm not even sure I'd get through my workout if I ate like that. It would not. Mm. My mouth says, Ooh, a donut, because I must be hungry, but my mouth's like, Ooh, a donut sounds good. Like, no, you're going to get lunch and it's going to be a healthy (laughs) lunch.
1: When I was in high school and I used to swim, you know, used to get donuts right after the morning workouts. And I just think to myself, wow, we used to go to Winchell's Donuts. And I don't know if Winchell's Winchell's. is even around still, you know, but like, uh, sheesh. 12 pack of Winchell's donuts right after swimming. I mean, that's probably not the best way to recover but you know like you said we were young we could recover very easily so yeah
0: your body got what it needed out of that not everything you know and so that's i think that's what happens it's like you know we as we're, when we're young we can eat garbage and run around and i was on swim team too and i made the mistake of giving that up for band wrong choice but that's okay <laughs> um that was 40 years ago <coughs> <Yeah>. mm. <laughs> jeez Louise. <laughs> Actually, I think it was, might have been 41 years ago, but it's okay. <laughs> um, I used to eat breakfast, ride my bike to the pool, which was probably between a mile and a mile and a half, and swim for at least an hour. I can't remember if our practices were an hour, hour and a half. And then I would mm-hmm. ride home and have second breakfast. So I trained myself to like basically have the equivalent of four meals. So when I gave up swimming, my body didn't particularly want to give up four meals a day. Oopsies. <laughs> And We didn't burn off nearly as many calories in marching band as we did in the swim team, so and not that
1: much marching.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, marching didn't
1: quite compensate.
0: <laughs> no, that would have to be like sprinting band, which would be really yeah. hard to play. So, <laughs> yeah, like I said, it was the wrong, wrong choice. It, the band and the swim practice, the band practice and sw- swim practice competed, and the coach on the swim team violated his own rules, and it made me angry. And I was just a stupid teenager, so I'm like, whatever. I'm just going to do marching band. And like I said, wrong choice. But, you know, now I walk dogs. I do all kinds of physical exercise. Let's see, I, I eat everything on the mind diet except for the fish and the w- red wine. So I think I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to go to the healthybrains.org and see where I, where I land. Maybe I'll do
1: that. Yeah, I got a. I got a plug healthy It's a good website, you know, with the Cleveland Clinic. We have a couple of medical advisors from there, so you know, <laughs> but uh, but they uh, it's it's a it's a great resource for people to just get a feel for where they're at, at with a number, a score, if you will, uh, for their for their brain health, how they're how they're maintaining and just kind of protecting their brains, you know, over the long run. Because I I think the big thing that people need to understand is there are things that they can do, even if you are genetically be dispositioned to, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, develop a neurodegenerative disease in the future that like, for instance, the most common and risk factor genetically for Alzheimer's is the APOE4 gene, right? And if you have one allele of it, or if you carry two alleles, uh, that increases your risk by quite a bit. So if you carry one allele of it, then it's like three X increase in, in risk. If you carry two, it could be almost as much as 12 X increase in risk, but that gene is Malleable, it's pliable. You can bend it. You can you can affect its long term, you know, uh, effect. It, it, it's long term effects by adopting a lot of these different strategies that, that we talked about. So, to don't 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 just give up if you know for some reason you got a test, maybe twenty three maybe I don't know what, and you found out you have the APOE four uh, gene. It's it's okay. Uh, it's it means sure. You have to work harder. You would need maybe more of these healthy fats, especially if you have APOE4 because it's a fat transport defect. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a defect. It's a fat transport variation because this is not a defect, right? This is common in about 20, 25% of people out there, right? So it's not like this weird genetic mutation or anything. It's just the way we are as people. It's just one of the ways we, we've been to, we are, you know? So, uh, so you, you can do things about it. That's really important No. Um, So anyway, that's, I wanted to hit on the genetics part because I know some, you know, some people don't want to find out, right? And that's fine. uh, Because if you're going to do everything anyway to protect your brain health, then why, you know, you're going to cover all the bases anyway. Some people do want to find out. And if they do, they shouldn't completely um, become, you know, just have a lot of despair, you know, know, out of it, you know, if they do find out that they have that sort of a, a gene. So.
0: Well, doing yeah. all of this stuff we've discussed and taking product, you know, supplements like Relevate. If you have both genes, which, like you said, is twelve time twelve X risk factor, mm-hmm. which is like, ugh, that gives me it's the creeps. Steep, yeah, yeah. So that's that's mm-hmm. not really a very uh, comforting number. If you even delay one year of symptoms, you you know, you may outlive your life expectancy. You might die before you get to the really ugly symptoms, the later stages of Alzheimer's that are really, really not fun to live through for anybody. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of been my goal. Once I realized I did all of this healthy stuff to avoid becoming diabetic, because my dad was, he'd been on dialysis and he had a kidney transplant and still didn't take very good care of his kidneys. And he basically died from kidney failure because he didn't want to go back on dialysis. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's never experienced that, dialysis is not a way to live. It's just a way to stay alive. So I was yeah. like, yeah, let's let's take care of that problem before it it happens. Cause again, I like sugar and I didn't want to do dialysis. So that I went through all of that to avoid that. And then I learned how much it benefited my brain. And then our very first Rotary convention, there was a it was one of those breakout sessions for people who haven't gone to conventions, you know, it's like the little side meetings. And it was peace and brain health. And I thought what the heck kind of topic is that? But it's brain health, so I'll go listen to it. And essentially, they were talking about the tsunami of neurocognitive diseases mm-hmm. and the impact it will have on the globe, which is definitely... We kind of went through that last year, so we kind of got a precursor of what it could be. And they they talked about, you know, if we can delay the onset of symptoms for one year, it saves this many trillions of dollars. And if we can... Put it off five years, it saves, like, I don't know, numbers of dollars I can't even fathom. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> if I go backwards in time with my mom five years, five years prior to her death, she was okay. She wasn't super easy to deal with, but she wasn't like she was the last couple of years. So it's like, you know, if if we could have pushed how she was at 72 into later seventies before she died you know, it just would have benefited everybody. So that's my, that's my goal is to do everything I can to stay healthy. And once you get into an exercise routine, it's really hard. Your body doesn't like it when you stop.
1: (laughs) I know it's that it's the other addiction, right? All those like endorphins and stuff that get released. Like I want more.
0: Yeah. Uh, And those are good. Like I was having kind of a Not such a hot mood this morning. And then I did a a great Peloton class and I knew I was going to have like a nice conversation with you. And it's like, look, my mood is a hundred percent better. That's the power of exercise that I really love. And I do, I'm going to throw out what my trainer taught me a long time ago. Cannot exercise off bad eating. She's right. Sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you. You eat too much pizza, hamburger, French fries, and beer. I don't drink beer either, but my husband did. You can exercise all day, you're not going to get rid of that that garbagey diet. So your body is it needs to move and think and be fed properly, and it's a a lot to maintain, but it's worth it.
1: Yeah, and that's um, that's oh yeah, so that's another thing. Yeah, the things to avoid, you know. So, uh, but the processed meats, red meat. Sugars, sweets, you know, any of that. That's just that's really low in nutrients and very high in some very bad things I could send you down the diabetic path or something along those lines. So,
0: yeah, so I, don't want, all- I don't want that. I don't want Alzheimer's. So I'm gonna keep exercising, I'm gonna keep eating right, I'm gonna keep taking my relevate I'm gonna keep challenging my brain to learn new things. Did I miss yeah. anything? Sleep good. No, there I we mean, go.
1: It's I know a lot of people listening to this. They they know very well what's happened, what the stakes are. Uh, so uh, so I mean, there's there's a lot of other people that don't think about brain health as much, and, and we don't realize how much it you know really our all of our a lot of all of our meaning in life really comes from relationships that we have with people, just interacting with people like you and me talking right now, exchanging ideas or. T- talking about our stories to each other, you know, and that's everybody, it's all about relationships and, and our brain stores and enables us to engage in that, you know. So once we start to lose that, then that's 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 huge, you know, when it comes to our, you know, the the purpose for for our lives and being able to achieve the purposes for our lives, you know. So it's being able to think and learn and remember and create and and especially to love, right? To people. That's just that that is what our brain is is right in the middle of so you know, I, and I know that a lot of caregivers. You know, and I I saw it with my mom especially. I mean, there's just so little time that, to take care of themselves. You know, and caregivers are at such high risk for caregivers are quite at risk at co- of cognitive decline. You know, yep. Of, you know, because of lack of sleep, exhaustion, uh you know, obviously depression that comes along with it. You know, those are all risk factors, right? That that feed in, and so just the little things that could be done uh, to to help help move a little bit closer to a to a brain healthy diet or a brain healthy lifestyle just little things that's great you know we shouldn't we shouldn't poo-poo that it's a big monumental shift for a lot of people if they could even make the little things like like you said like the the 10 minute peloton 10 minute peloton just mega high intensity training. so probably some person screaming at you (laughs) through that screen i I
0: avoid that guy but (laughs) generally the hit classes are a lot of jumping and i got crappy Mm -hmm. knees from being overweight for years And I fell twice, once on each knee. So unfortunately, right now live in a two story house, which I don't like because my knees complain all the way up the stairs, and they have Mm -hmm. for twenty years. It's been they've been grumpy for twenty years. So again, that's another reason to worry about keep taking off the extra weight that's crept on the last four years. But it is amazing, you know. In ten minutes, you think, you know, I'm not going to burn very many calories. What can I do in ten minutes? Trust me, these ten minute hit classes. They like hit you the face. Yeah. There there was one morning I was running behind and I had a recording like we're doing now. And I'm like, I know I'm gonna regret it if I don't do something. I'm like, let me just go see what the options are. And there's like, I don't know, thousands of options. And it was like, oh, 10-minute hit class. I have time for that. And trust me, I was really glad I didn't pick the 20-minute one.
1: <laughs> Would have been the same intensity, just double the time. I bet. Yeah, right?
0: exactly. And, we, <laughs> and our peloton is upstairs, so you know, if I'm jumping up and down, it's kind of like it's a little much. So, <laughs> you know, there are options, and once you learn what some of the options are, you're like, oh, okay. Like I have a past guest he used to walk with his wife, and then he used to walk when the caregivers were at their house, and it and, and it's a good and bad thing. But it got to the point where he couldn't really leave her, so he would just walk around the house. He called it house walking, which okay is definitely better than not. I, I mm-hmm. would have liked to have seen him get outside because you know the sunshine is good for us as long as we don't get burnt. My fans know that I am like super pale, and we've kind um, of think we talked about vitamin D with Doctor Elena recently. I don't know if that's this week's episode or not. Doesn't matter. You guys all hear it. Really important, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and I actually, before I go on a bike ride, will look at the UV index, where it's at right now. I have sunscreen in my bike bag, and I will go out of the house, blonde, pale chick, and ride for between 30 and 60 minutes, Mm -hmm. like, depends on the UV index. And then uh, we'll, we'll take a, a water stop and I will apply sunscreen. And as long as I time it right, I get plenty of vitamin D yeah. and no sunburn. Absolutely. So it's, you know, yeah, there's just a lot, important.
1: Of,
0: a lot of things we can do that don't take a lot of time once we're aware of them. And that's why I like to have conversations like this, because, you know, like I told you before, if I had to gag down fish to avoid Alzheimer's, I would probably try it, but I would not be happy about it. And I don't drink wine, but everything else is good. So I'm like, okay, about 80%. So if Relevate can fill in that 20%, that's huge. You know, even if it's only doing 10 or if I'm overestimating my 80%, you know, like I'm not great at math. So, you know, but take it for what it's worth. You know, I do that. I exercise, I sleep right. And I'm reminding myself that I need to wear my Apple watch to bed and, and measure sleep again. Like trying to do that like once a month. All of these little things will add up. I know they will. Doctors might disagree or there might be other evidence that says, oh, you know, they may or they may not. I know they'll add up. And so I'm just going to keep doing it. And I think I got to get my husband on Relevate now because having the realization, there we go, that my sugar cravings went down once I started taking Relevate. You know, let me know if you need me to put that someplace in writing because I find that very, (laughs) that's the only thing that's changed. It's the only thing that's it's wonderful.
1: Changed. It's just one of those things you just never know, but uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing.
0: Yeah, and, you uh, know, I'm not, I'm not sorry that the sugar monster has been turned off mostly.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanks for, thanks for having me on, you know, I yeah. really appreciate it. And what you're doing for the community, because there are so many, um, people who just want to hear practical things about caregiving, uh, and, uh, you know, about brain health, things like that. So, you know, I'm glad you I'm glad you quit photography and you went into this. So,
0: <laughs> well, I did both for a while, but the pandemic, it just, you know, and moving. It was like, there's just a lot of reasons. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on the podcast and I enjoy it. Yeah. And you I make I it really
1: easy, too.
0: Well, I mean, I like been, a... I've been using Zoom since September of 2018. So once we had the pandemic, all of my older guests that are in their 70s and 80s that are tech klutzes, is a term one of them used when we were having an issue with her Zoom. I don't have those problems anymore, so that was a plus from the pandemic.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: And I like I like podcasts where it's just conversational. I don't like want the ones where I have a list of questions and I want to fire at you. And I find those are more they're easier to listen to. So I just made a podcast like I would want to listen to, and more and more people are finding me and agreeing, so that makes me feel good.
1: That's great. That's great. Yeah, I was ready. I was kind of kind of get ready for this, like you know the the questions, like boom, 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 boom. I was like, okay,
0: get ready, it's, but then I like, you know, I probably should do a little bit more of that sometimes. But I feel like we covered all the reasons why you created Relevate, why we should take it, you know, why we need to be concerned with, you know, properly fueling our brains because you know until somebody explains it, we might say, yeah, I know I should eat better, but but once you know what the but what comes after? But mm-hmm. yeah, I should eat better, but it's a pain in the you know, it's hard. It takes a lot of time. I don't have time. But if I don't, I'm putting myself at risk for having the same disease that I'm taking care of right now with my mom or my grandmother or my spouse. Yeah. So I that's just how I that's just how I roll. I try to keep it real easy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's well, great. Well, this has been
0: great, and I know Ed and I are probably ready for lunch now.
1: <laughs> no, I know, you know what? That's right. Circling back around again.
0: Yeah, back to the <laughs> back food cupboard. Yeah. All
1: right. Now we'll try and control ourselves when we go. Downstairs. When I go downstairs, I'll try and control myself.
0: <laughs> That's yes. Please do make sure you make sure you have your uh, all your proper foods and make sure you take your Elevate so that you, your cravings go down. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: All righty.
1: Well, thanks so much, Jen.
0: I hope you found this conversation informative. I hope it answered all of your questions you can definitely check out their website which is linked in the show notes you can also ask me on social media and i will tell you what i know i do feel that it is working and it's important because i would like my brain health to match my lifespan which as you know i had a 103 year old grandmother so i got a few years left to go So in those years, I would really love to hear from you guys. Podcasting can be a little bit isolating and we know that isolation is not great for your brain and I have to rebuild a social life after this crazy pandemic. So reach out to me on social media. All of my accounts are linked in the show notes. If you've got a question, you just want to say hi, just let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Coming up next week, I have an extended conversation with a millennial caregiver, and she is going to fill everyone in her generation in on the knowledge of what you guys need to know before and right at the beginning of your caregiving journey. Now, if you're not a millennial like me, you still need to know this information. So even though it says it's for millennials, it's for all of us, because if we haven't figured it out, This is a perfect episode and you're going to love her story. It's inspiring and informative, which is exactly what I try to bring you guys every single week. So I hope you enjoy it. You know what? Also, I haven't had a nice review lately or any reviews. So if you uh, got an extra minute, pop on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave me a review. I would love it. That is how new people also find the show. So it is kind of important to uh, give the show a thumbs up and a follow or subscribe, depending on your podcast app. And as always, I will be in your ears again next Tuesday.